in the dark, whistling in the dark. Okay, welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. That's right, they might be giants. And on this episode, I'm going to be talking about the song Dirt Bike with my friend, Mr. Joe Fish. So, here we go. Welcome. You've got mail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Topical references. Yeah. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm long time pizza. Long time no see. Yeah, we just ate a lot of pizza. So if we sound fatter, uh, that's why. <laughs> you sound really fat. It's like I like the podcast, but they kind of sound fat. So can you? <laughs> I can tell that they're. Total lard asses. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm glad to have you on for this song in particular, that, uh, since it's a very sexy song. It is. It's it's a sax-heavy song. And uh, Joe is a very sexy man. Uh, his specialty is the berry sax. I just need to emphasize that word every time. Berry. Yeah. How 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 have you been playing it? Have you been playing the Barry Sacks Barry Long? <laughs> Barry Long? Yeah, plenty of Barry jokes. Um, I, my Twitter handle is actually, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I riffs on Barry. So um, I've been playing the Barry Sacks for many years now. Um, I could probably do the math, but I'm, I'm bad at it. So I, uh, I I picked up the saxophone. I started on alto, which I think most people do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in like fifth grade. Then in seventh grade, uh, got to junior high, and they were like, we need a baritone sax player. And so the smallest kid in the saxophone section raised his hand and said, I'll do that. <laughs> and I brought it home, and were my you mom a late, was... Late, late bloomer with your... Uh, I was never very... I'm not tall, and I'm not really big. You're not I, short, though. I'm not... I'm about average. But I wasn't... I wasn't... Uh, I wasn't very big then, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, I brought it home, and my mom was like, "What have you done?" <laughs> but I've actually been—I've been playing Barry then since seventh grade, and now I'm nice. thirty-five, about to be thirty-six. So, did, did the schools have their own berries that you could use? They and did. Kept they had at home. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had they had the uh, they had the con, you know, gener generic kind of uh, school horn, student horn mm-hmm. berry. Um, I started on that, um, and then by 
probably ninth grade, my mom realized I was pretty serious about it, and so we, we went out and got my own. They're not cheap. They are not. Oh, yeah. My sister was an oboist, so... Uh, yeah. That's not that any good quality instrument is expensive. I mean, my my trombone, I, I didn't even use a trigger trombone until uh, college. I mean, I got a scholarship on it, but I just... I was never like, Mom, I need a trigger trombone. And then they had ones at the school I could use for nothing since I was there playing on a scholarship. And then I just never got my own. So I just, I got the same trombone uh, I've had since fifth grade. And it's served me well. I've never dented it up too much. To, yeah, that's the know. Barry that I'm playing now um, to nerd, like saxophone nerd. It's Mark Six. 1960 Selmer. Ooh, Ooh, it's so good. No, but um, the only thing that I that that I, I'm ashamed of sometimes it doesn't have the low A. So B flats is. B is that flats something where it bottoms out? Is that something that came is newer Barry technology um, that's come along they since had, the 60s? They had them back then. I think that the the B flats were more of your classic jazz horn, whereas the low A's were kind of the more modern stuff. Hmm. Um, it's pretty much. I don't think you. I think you could probably buy. I don't think you can buy a professional horn now without a low A on it. I think most uh, of them have a low A's it's now. It's standard it's kind now. of standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, have you ever uh, come uh, up against any sax uh, prejudice in that a lot of, I mean, orchestras do not have saxophones? I'm a big fan of saxophone, but orchestras, professional orchestras, do not yeah. have saxophones. Usually symphonic bands will, but were there ever any, any times where you held back because of your your instrument and you couldn't join a group. Well, I, I loved playing in the pit orchestras in high school and I only got to do that twice. And one time was, was little Abner. There was a Barry Sachs part. So I got to do that. And then, um, the other time it was uh, fiddler on the roof. And that's when I hmm. busted my accordion out and was like, I can play the accordion. Nice. That's kind of fiddler on the roofish. And so they, yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, we'll do it. And so, uh, but so yeah, the one time wasn't even with sax. No, so that time I didn't even have the sax. Yeah, so I, I lucked out with my keyboard skills and sort of applied them to uh, to because uh, I started playing piano before I started saxophone. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that kind of was like an accordion has a piano on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So mm-hmm. it, and it's close, but anyway, yeah. Um, you know, it's I I did. There were a lot of like times where I was like, oh, I wonder if I could play with that sort of thing or do this sort of thing. And then it was very like, yeah, we don't need saxophone. I think, I think the most, well, the funny story. So like originally I was going to go and be a music teacher like you are. That was my original goal when I graduated from uh, high school. Um, And so I went to Western Illinois university up in Macomb, Illinois um, and tried out for their saxophone studio or whatever they had there. And it was pretty good. Um, It was a decent, it's not like Northwestern or something like that, but sure. Um, I tried out on Barry. I, I like found a Barry part, a Barry piece. And I, I went in with my Barry. I'm like standing there and everyone else has like an alto and I'm like yeah. the only one there yeah. with a Barry. And so you stand out. they, uh, they were like, at, after I did my little tryout or my audition or whatever, they're like, we've never had anyone try out on Barry Sachs before. <laughs> and I was like, did Oh, they, did they think it was cool though? I mean, that's yeah. Like, well, they were yeah. like, I got in. Yes. They let me in, but they're like, you have to go buy an alto. And it, and I was like, they're like, do you have an alto? I'm like, a Bundy too? Like, it was the horn that my sure. mom got at the pawn shop when I was like, I want to play saxophone. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, 
uh, no, you need to get something like professional quality. And so we had were to they not already it. overloaded with altos? I mean, well, what? because the way that the Sac Studio worked is the Sac Studio was um, was uh, everyone was on alto, and it was very like hmm. uh, it was it was classical. So it was it was a very hmm. teaching you overtones and you know sure. a lot of stuff that I've forgotten and I dropped out anyway so <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> how long how long were you there? Um, school started in August, end of August, and I was probably home by November. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, wow. it was a very quick turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was September two thousand and one. So to and, blame it on nine eleven. I never processed nine eleven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just couldn't take it. I just couldn't play the sax. Anymore. No, yeah, no so reason it was, to sax it up. Anymore. It was it was I uh, a lot of things happened, but it was sure. I, I it was the first time I had been away from home and like my mom wasn't there like helicoptering me, you know, not to blame my parents or my mom for anything. And you grew up where? Uh so I uh was originally started out around the St. Louis area and then um then moved up to a, a small town on the river called Quincy. Quincy, Illinois. It's about the furthest west you can get in Illinois. It's where the little mm-hmm. bump out is there on the Mississippi River. Uh, about yes. two hours north of St. Louis. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, was it, I mean, this maybe not necessarily <laughs> something that's interesting to anyone else, but uh, did you drop out because, I mean, I feel like you couldn't even find out that much about what music ed is about in that amount of time. Was it that or was it something about the sax studio? It was, it was, it wasn't the music section that, that caused me to quit. It was the academics of the rest of it. The, the, you know, where I was, I was mostly in the music department and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but did you have to take non music classes? Like oh, yeah. Gen ed oh, stuff? yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a real like English and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, um, I think I just wasn't prepared for it. I just, it just really overwhelmed me, yeah. you know, yeah. and then, you know, like depression and anxiety like set in. And then also I discovered that, uh, alcohol and, uh, uh-oh. Other things are probably more fun than. <laughs> oh well, yeah. you are a saxophonist, so I think yeah. you're required to do drugs at some point in your yeah. life, was, right? But uh, uh, at uh, Augustana, our car and I went. Our um, the sax guy that was there, my he had just come in my senior year, and I believe when Carl was still there, the year after he got canned because he had. Uh, he had some weed in his office, <laughs> or something like yeah. that. I'm like, could you be any more stereotypical jazz dude? Yeah, no, Come it on. was it was it was sort of a situation where I found the uh, the culture of college to be extremely overwhelming and Can be uh, very distracting. <laughs> yes, very distracting. Yeah. yeah, it was also it was also I was a kind of a video game nerd, and it was also like that was when the PlayStation Two dropped, <laughs> and so like my mom had given me this bank account. That you like Uh-oh. kept money in for emergencies, <laughs> and I went and just emptied the bank account at oh. Walmart. Oh no! <laughs> and bought a PlayStation Two. What'd your mom say? Uh, that was an awkward conversation for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, it was just I just what'd made. What'd you a- buy at Walmart? School supplies. Yeah. <laughs> three hundred dollars worth of notebooks. What is Tekken Three? I don't. What is is that? Some sort of calculator? It's, I don't- yeah. <laughs> it's the fanciest pencil you'll ever use. <laughs> but anyway, so I I was like. 
I uh, I just made a lot of bad decisions in a very short period of time. I guess is what it what it all adds up to. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there are statistics. But I was on 18, it, and like, I think freshman year is when you lose yeah. most kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, if they're not going to make it through college, probably freshman year is when they. When I was I was definitely home by Christmas. That's for sure. By Christmas, <laughs> man. So you ended up going back to school for. Um, Ele- well, you explain it. It's, it's electrical related, right? What was the well, degree? Well, so I went to I went to like a, a Vatterock College, which was like a technical school, and I did electrical mechanics. Um, then I tried to go to college again later and, and uh, learned drafting, so like mm. AutoCAD, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and then eventually I... And that that I basically have this problem where I go to school long enough to like get the skills I need to find like a job, and then I stop going to school. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm like I, I got this. I'm an expert now. And so like that's kind of what happened in uh, with the electromechanics thing. What was that? Leela, she's she's getting snagged on a cord back there. <laughs> oh, See, my headphones just came unplugged. Leela's always getting. You're on my cord. You always have to make an entrance. Take this and go over there. Um. Eventually, I settled on um. <laughs> Which is like such a jump. My <laughs> my job history is just a, a <laughs> cacophony of chaos. Really, is what it is. Um, that sounds like a, a high school metal band's name. <laughs> cacophony, cacophony of, of chaos. chaos. <laughs> um, a lot of throat singing. We're so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I eventually settled on ag sci with a minor in fisheries and wildlife science. That's what my actual bachelor degree is. Okay. In. Yeah, I was thinking so. it was uh, electrical stuff. But I did finished. do electrical stuff, and then yeah. I did appliance repair, and it's just I just like a jack-of-all-trades. Mm. I'd done everything. I don't know. it From pizza delivery, or not delivery, but pizza making to, uh, to like, you know, I worked as an electrician, and mm-hmm. I did. So, yeah, I've, I've had quite a few... Jobs, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so back to the uh saxophone, and we can eventually get to the song we're supposed to be talking about after <laughs> 14 minutes. Um, it's cool. Uh, have you been playing sax pretty much regularly in different uh, you know, groups since, yeah, I mean, ever since um, you started? So there's there's been you know a few periods where there was there was not a lot going on with me, and in, in, in far as music goes, um. You know, I did some combo stuff. Um, my high school years was mostly jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few combos, things like that. The jazz bands, um, going to state and stuff like that. Um, Ooh, state! Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then there was after after I came back from Western, I was kind of like I just put it away for a little bit. Didn't really do much. Um, lived out in Utah for a little while and. Uh, I was in a Shriners band out there. Really? Yeah. So like wow. they put, it was kind of very, uh, you know, like John Philip Sousa type stuff, but they didn't have... Did you wear the little hat? Yeah. No, we didn't have... I don't think we wore oh. the Fez. I had a hat with like the Shriners logo. It was just a baseball cap. I still okay. have it. No Fez? But they'd put us up on... We had this giant like float thing that they would pull. Like we'd sit up on it. Yeah. And uh, then we'd play marches and, mm-hmm. you know, like... A lot of lot of work around the Fourth of July, you know, right, right. up Park City and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, Memorial Day, all those. Yeah, so yeah. that that was that was probably when I like kind of rediscovered it, um, and I was like, you know, I really want to do this. This is really what I want to do. And then uh, um, Quincy, I don't think I really did a whole lot in Quincy. I would play occasionally in like talent shows or something like that. But 
Um, then, then when I got here, and then I um, uh, got into the big swing band, which mm-hmm. is the, our local 19-piece jazz band that we have here. And who have I recorded? And hopefully the yeah. album will be more widely available by the time this episode comes out. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and then uh, did that. You know, and of course, like ran into you and then joined Outdoor Valor and all that stuff. So, yep. Yeah. So now I can't quit. I can't quit <laughs> bring anymore. Bringing that sax power to our uh, Motowny songs and everything. Else. I mean, I, I, I feel like I've kind of become the go to Barry guy in a small circle of like local bands here. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like... yeah. In a, in a city of this size, I mean, do you know of any? I mean, other than like kids in high school. Yeah, Do you no, know of any other adults I, that play Barry? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think there's some older, there's some older guys that that fill in for me if I can't make a gig for the swing band or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, semi-retired Barry players, yeah, yeah, hmm. or they're they're wheezing by the second set. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of air. It's been a while since I played a Barry, but yeah, I can attest to that. Trying to play it on those early outdoor velour songs, I'm like man. <laughs> Getting enough air in it and it's still being in tune, having both of those things was was tricky. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dirt Bike by this band called They Might Be Giants. Uh, have you heard it before? Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of the band, never heard the song. So, what are we talking about? Okay, episode over. Uh, so, Dirt Bike starts out with some sax harmonies and some trumpet over top of it. So, how... Um, I guess we should back up. How did you find out about the Mimpy Giants as a band first? What? Uh... Well, so okay, so growing up about a half hour east of St. Louis, um, St. Louis is a pretty big radio market mm-hmm, back sure. in the early '90s. Yeah, um, and they had a what I go air quotes on a podcast don't work, but they had a if you say it, it does air quote. <laughs> kids radio station okay it, and it was like music i think it was it was music it was kind of i think doesn't disney have sort of like these music stations they do in the bigger markets now oh yeah and the, i mean satellite radio there's yeah there's like probably like a dozen but it's disney. it's not like kid bop stuff but it's it's more like um they played they might be giants a lot they played a lot of weird owl and this is pre they might be giants kids albums yeah, but they they felt this, that their songs were their, safe. Their enough. songs were safe enough. So yeah. like Birdhouse in Your Soul, and you know those sort of like very cheery stuff. Where if you don't get too deep into it, like you know, it's, right, it's, you don't realize how depressing it is. But a, like a lot of Weird Al, a lot of Weird Al, like nice. was on constant rotation. I'm trying to think of some other things. Just a lot of the, the I feel like the early '90s, mid '90s, there was a lot of these weird, um, like Three Little Pigs. Do you remember three little pigs let me in? Top by the hair on uh, my chinny chin chin. Green jelly. Green jello. Yeah, well it was green jello green and they got, they got sued okay. and then they had to become green jelly because jello was like you can't sure, use that. Name. That's yeah. yeah. So that stuff like that. Like just kind of it was kind of like just that weird. That was scary though. Was yeah, it? I feel like really it was demented. maybe it was always played at night. Maybe it was like in the later hours, but I just remember it was just a lot of weird Huh. Um, songs and a lot of music that that they were like, this is kids stuff. But it was, um, hmm. you know, they I, and I like I said, I don't remember, like I I don't even remember the call sign or the letters or anything like that. But um, I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's like really what kind of when I was like, oh, this is crazy because it was yeah. kind of it wasn't like the mainstream stuff. And uh, I don't know if they were really playing. They might be giants at that time. So how 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 old do you think you were when you first heard them? Um, this was probably 93, 
93 or 94. Yeah, okay. You know, so I was I was 10, 11 probably when I first like started hearing them. Yeah. Um I joined <laughs> I joined um BMG Music. The, of course everybody did. When I was uh I think when I was probably 12 or 13 years old, my mom was pretty mad about that. Um, but for pennies. But mom, I got fifteen cassette tapes for a penny. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it was like, uh, um, you know, the radio was really kind of my uh, my only outlet. And being St. Louis, it was a it was a nicer market. You yeah, know? yeah. So mm-hmm. so that's where I first really was exposed to They Might Be Giants was this kid so radio station. Did you get Flood on cassette from BMG uh, Music Catalog? I think I had Flood. Yeah. I think I had. I feel like I had Apollo. Apollo 18. 18 as well. Uh-huh. Um, and then I also got some other stuff, like I got some Nirvana, I got some Weezer. You know, I was like, yeah, of course. you know, just went through the alternative, quote, air quotes again, alternative music section and just... Mm-hmm. I think like, I still have my copy check, of the Blue check, Album. Check, Because they all had that BMG, like it was specially Yeah, it was like, had the like... Or something, yeah. Like where the, you, like the barcode would usually be, it just said like, there's like a uh-huh, white BMG right. label or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was, I had those, those two albums for sure. Um... But so then, then, did you get John Henry? Because that's what Dirt Bike's from. Did you get that back then, or was it something you heard later? I I feel like it was probably something I heard later. Um, I can't I can't really recall the first time I heard it, but I do remember kind of getting back into their catalog, um, maybe like eight ten years ago, mm-hmm. like saying like, oh, you know, I can really listen to some of that again, and it's yeah. been a while, and then I. And I was listening through. I was just go. I think I was just going through the catalog, and and that song came on, and I was just like, it, it hits with that Counterberry melody, yeah. and it's just like, oh, and being a Berry player, anytime you hear a Berry pl- a song, like every time that my wife and I are listening to music somewhere, and I'm like, oh, there's a Berry sax in that song, you know, right, like right. so it's just, I, I know latch we, onto that, and I'm like, oh, I know the car and I are always pointing out French horns. And if you listen to anything with John Williams, you're going to hear plenty of French horns. I mean, yeah. they they tend to get a lot of epic parts in movie soundtracks. But Barry's, you know, yeah, I can't I can't wait often. for my kids to come to be like that. There <laughs> is the baritone saxophone. He's using this sort of mouth, and they're like, "Dad, shut up, please." <laughs> Let me see if I can hear the thickness of the reed. Yeah, that's probably a medium Rico. I don't I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm Barry's. Did they just go medium? It's not numbered. Uh well I it, there's every read has every read maker has their own like scale like there's literally charts that you have to look up online and be like I've always I bought play, Rico for my band kids I play so. like a three and a half Rico so okay. that's like a medium I use a fiber cell which is like a fiberglass type read it's like a generic because right. like one baritone sax read is like thirty dollars <laughs> so. <laughs> God, it's like I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the, like all these saxophone players listening. Are like, oh no, he uses synthetic, synthetic reeds. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't carry human a giant humidor around with me with like a bunch of reeds oh, in man. it. I know, yeah, and you just like you drop well, it because if you, you buy if you no. buy a box of actual wooden reeds, like a decent box, you're probably gonna get four or five, maybe for thirty dollars, like in a baritone sax. And maybe one of those is a decent enough read to like play on for any wow. consecutive amount of time. Man, 
Yeah. It's like buying saxophone reeds is like playing the lottery. <laughs> You're going to spend a lot of money and not get a lot in return. Well, it's like all the double reed, the double reed players start making their own reeds and exactly. stuff, but with uh, single reeds like are you going to be shaving a piece of wood? You can do that. Exact? You can buy some so people guys People learn how to do that? Yeah, people will buy the stuff to And a lot of times what a lot of people most people do is they buy the reeds and if they've got like three reeds that aren't that good, then they put them on the sandpaper and make them hmm. better or whatever, but man I ain't got time for that. Trombone was easy. I'll tell yeah. you. <laughs> they're Twink. Di- <laughs> I mean, they're different <laughs> sizes of mouthpieces. They're different sizes of mouthpieces depending on, you know, if you happen to be playing the higher parts or the lower At parts. At this point, or... it's like I found my setup. I'm happy with it. It works for me. Sure. And it gives me the tone and the, the what I need. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where. Do those know, reeds ever wear out? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to buy a new one, but it's, I mean, it's hours and hours of playtime. They lose their pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. They'll, they'll, yeah, yeah. The actual what happens is there, there's like, it's, I, I think it's like a fiberglass base, and then they put sort of like a plastic coating over it. And eventually, uh-huh. from the vibration, the plastic coating starts to wear off. Sure. And, yeah. And you don't want a mouthful of fiberglass or whatever. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many instruments that are made to self destruct. <laughs> I mean, drum, drums are the worst. I've bought so many cymbals over the years. I finally <laughs> know how to play them without breaking them now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, uh, John Linnell, I still, you know, I should confirm this fact, but I'm pretty sure the saxophone was John Linnell's first instrument, and he played it, I'm not sure if it's more studio guys on the albums now, or if he's still playing all of it, I'd have to check the credits, but on all the early stuff, Linnell was was playing all the sax sax stuff, and there's, there's, there's tons of it, and even today, like, they... Love the saxophone, and maybe that's another reason that I love the saxophone and rock music so much is just from listening to They Might Be Giants and getting so used to their being, especially and like low saxes, like um, like they're not just full of like cheesy '80s sax solos, but they're like part of the accompaniments, part of the uh, the mm-hmm. chordings of the songs, and I, I I love that, and that's why it's great having two sax players in my band now. It's pretty amazing. Uh, but dirt bike is one where yeah, like right off the bat, it's like boom, there's some berry sacks. Yeah, right and there. it's it's like out there in the front in your face. It's great. It is scamazing. <laughs> <laughs> Another genre that uh, a lot of sex. You never in. played in a ska band. You know, I didn't. I kind of missed that whole. That's uh, I was in the jazz stuff at the when the ska was really taking off. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife, who's got. She's gonna be mad if I say she's got a couple years on me, but she's got a couple years on me, and she, uh, <laughs> she, she, she won't listen. She grew up. She grew up in like wives, wives don't listen the, to their husbands' podcasts. Provo, Salt Lake City, Utah area, and like ska like exploded in that area. There's yeah. a, there was a lot of ska bands, and uh, she actually has some of the CDs still and stuff. So, but yeah, like you know, if I had if I had. Um, yeah, at that point, I was in Quincy, which was a smaller town, and so there wasn't really that outlet for it. A lot of punk sure. bands, but none of us really went. Oh yeah, full. Hmm. We, we never went full ska. <laughs> <laughs> full ska. Yeah, even my my band Blue Bottle. They had a, we had two trombones and a trumpet. Um, we had, I mean, when it was really big, in yeah the, I don't know, maybe like ninety six, ninety seven. We were um, playing. We had maybe like three originals that were ska songs just because our guitarists were too bored we had two guitars for one thing and they just got bored playing the the up mm-hmm. upbeat so we ended up just being more of a you know a punk and kind of alternative band that had horn melodies in it mm-hmm. come on what's his first instrument 
saxophone or not? I mean, it says the first band he ever played in was called The Bags. And the then Bags? He, the Bags with two Gs. <laughs> and then... Bags. Uh, where the, are they from? The Bags. Brooklyn, right? Uh, well, I mean, that's where they that's formed. Where, but the, they were... Yeah, Leno was born in New York, um, but they, they grew up in Lincoln, Massachusetts. That's why their second album is called uh, Lincoln. That's where the guys met. Uh, it says he played with a band called The Mundanes. I think it was a little more serious, like after... Some new um, wave. And he stuff. played, yeah, a new wave band, and he played keyboards and saxophones. So I guess I can't confirm. I'm going to jump out there and say that it probably was. Yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, I feel like a lot of people start piano maybe first or second grade, and mm-hmm. then either they get sucked into the orchestra side of things or they get sucked into the band side of things. And, and you know, does your instrument have strings on it? Does your instrument use air? They you go know? to this room. If yeah. it has strings on it, go to that room. Um, and then you get a little bit of crossover there, but yeah, trombones and doing band stuff. And then, yeah, the saxophones never had to deal with like, oh, the orchestra needs some trombones. Could you guys like skip your lunch for a couple months to go <laughs> also be in orchestra? I'm like, God damn it. Uh, yeah. See, I, I was, I was never sucked into that. Uh, portal of being pulled two directions at once. Okay, so we can we can both say that we like the arrangement of the song Dirt Bike very much. Yes. Yes, I think um, that it's um it's got a cool kind of funky shuffle to it. It's very it's very uh laid back. Uh like so like when I first heard it and then after like when you I finally was like, "Oh, I like these two songs." And you're like, "Well, let's do Dirt Bike." And so I kind of looked up the lyrics again. Because um, I, you know, I had a vague remembrance of it. Here comes the dirt bike, you mm-hmm. know that stuff. But then I, like, I, I didn't realize how wrong I interpreted the song myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into the lyrics there. Well, I don't let. Well, like based I was on you, when like we you were said, eating, yeah. there's no wrong thing for they might be giants because they will say things and then say a, a, a something the complete opposite. I mean, they're um, both the both of the descriptions that they list here, though, like are. S- are st- well, let's hear first what you okay how you so the first the time I heard the song the first time I like thinking about it um I I, li- I thought it was a literal song about dirt bikes like you know and the reason I thought this is because like there is the whole there's one lyric in there that sort of throws that theory off and I but it's kind of a hard lyric to understand what he's saying which I think. one uh, here with their they're over their sophomore jinx mm-hmm. or jicks or whatever it is he jinx, says yeah. jinx yeah they're over their sophomore jinx which then changes the meaning of everything but it's like um to me as a kid who didn't have access to dirt bikes and always <laughs> thought a dirt bike would be cool to me like i it's just a bunch of kids that finally get dirt bikes and to me like there's no music video for this song that we could find officially but and if there was there wouldn't be dirt bikes in it just because they wouldn't not. do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would be like i just can picture like people on dirt bikes and and what's funny is that the juxtaposition of the tempo of the song to riding a dirt bike when you see sure. people on dirt bikes it's you know extreme. They're, yeah they're jumping stuff but it's like to me it's like the feeling when you're on the dirt bike, you're just like, nee, nee, nee. like you're just like the yeah, wind is blowing flirting. your hair. And it's like the whole music video would be slow motion people on dirt bikes. <laughs> and just like, like it's kind of like you never see, there's some comedian, I'm not sure who it is, but they have the joke about you never see an unhappy person on a jet ski. Like right, you don't yeah, ever yeah. see anyone on jet ski being sad. Yeah, and I've heard that. I don't know who that is. And it's kind of like that, and that's kind of how I felt. It was like unless like, you crash, then you'd yeah, be sad. but then you're <laughs> then you're sad <laughs> or dead. But it's just like the 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 thrill of it, and it's just people like 
just with like very eighties, of course, too. Like hair f- blowing, yeah, in the breeze. sunglasses and like no helmets, you know, <laughs> like of course not. no protective not cool. stuff. That's not cool. Uh, well, you know, I and I talked about this on both the Doctor Worm episode with Kara and the I've Got a Fang episode with my friend Steve, where sometimes the songs are just so weird, where it's like. Okay, I could like try to like really dig into this and come up with some very far fetched metaphor or something. Yeah. Or maybe they just think it's friggin' hilarious that there's a worm that plays the drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because how would a worm play the drums, you know? And it's it's fun to take them literally. They, I, I think a lot of it starts with some stupid tongue in cheek pun sort of thing that, yeah, that maybe. then they're like, let's expand on that. I or mean, something. I. <laughs> And it's funny having different guests on every episode. I keep repeating myself, but they, I heard in an interview, I think it might have been for like Google or something. I don't know. It was like one of the huge tech companies. It was uh, for some reason uh, when this last album, I Like Fun, came out, they did an interview. And the guy was like, how do you keep finding things to write songs about? Or like, how do you come up with these? I don't know. One of those, you know, typical interviewer questions. And I hope this is true. And it seems like something they would do that they just think of like a noun that mm-hmm. they've never written a song about. And so I think like like they have a <laughs> song called they have a song called Bangs. Yeah. And it's like what other song would write what other band would write a song about a haircut? I mean it's about, you know, like, you know, being falling in love with a woman but like being originally attracted to her haircut. Uh or again there could be something deeper to that song. I haven't done that episode yet. Um but just like thinking of a noun that they have never sung about and like, okay, we've never sung about a dirt bike before. We've never sung about a worm before. Yeah. We've never you know, um, we never sung about the Belgian Belgian painter James Ensor before. <laughs> you know, uh, stuff. So I'd 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 like to think that that's how they came up with this song like that, and then they just make it into something wacky uh, and kind of personify these these you know inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always thought it was fun to take this literally too. Like it's some sort of dirt bike that like possesses this the rider. It's like once you get on a dirt bike, like and you ride it by yourself, you're like, it's like the people who are always like like skydivers are like won't shut up about how awesome skydiving is. <laughs> and it's like you and like, but then once you try it, you're like, all right, I'm a skydiver now, like because that was crazy fun or something. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think it's sort of that's how I kind of pictured it. Was like once you get on a dirt bike, you're never gonna want to get off. Well, to me, it's like a cult of dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. dirt bike riders because. Yeah, I hear they're coming to our town. Yeah, some sort of uh, Mad yeah. Max situation yeah, going yeah. on. All, all hail the dirt bike, yeah. philosopher dirt bike, like this. Now and, it's and, brainwashing. And just, yeah, and I'm just picturing like an actual dirt bike where it's like the guy gets on and, and all of a sudden he's like zombie-eyed and like, <laughs> oh, all hail the dirt bike. Yeah, <laughs> mind-bending dirt bike in control. Yeah. See, the dirt bike, he's not riding the dirt bike. The dirt bike <laughs> is self, riding him. Self-propelled dirt self-propelled bike. Self-propelled dirt bike. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you like start breaking it down? You're like, this my, is my ridiculous, f- but I love it. I know that's why this band lends themselves to podcasts so well. I mean, not only the all the genres that they that they cover, but just the lyrics are just so bizarre. Sometimes educational. <laughs> well, the, um, I like those last last three lines, four lines there. And you see, I never thought I'd understand till that dirt bike took me by the hand. Yeah, till that bike took me by the hand, right? He's not putting his the guy's yeah, not putting like, his hand on the dirt bike. The dirt bike is forcing him to like, get come, on. Come ride me. Yeah, so I I yeah, I <laughs> I like to think of it pretty much just as the song says. Though uh if um so so you were you were doing a little research <laughs> I just prior. Read the interpretation, sorry. Dude, we will go over some of those because they are fucking stupid. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. They're pretty much 
Well, maybe a little bit what I was saying, but not very thought <laughs> out at all. It's a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy theory. It. Well, let's say so. So you were looking into this. Um, yeah. So this is beforehand. So what does Flansburg say? So he says that when they first introduced the song, song the first time at a show. Um, he said, uh, here comes a brand new song. The song is about a fictitious rock band that became a phenomenon called Dirt Bike. It's the story of their phenomenon. And that's where the sophomore jinx sort of is like, right, you their know, second album, like flops. Well, it wasn't as good as the first or whatever, but yeah, you yeah. know, they got past that and here they're on tour and, and, um, I kind of see that cause I think that happens a lot with bands is like, you know, it's becomes this phenomenon that, that just sweeps over everybody and it's mm-hmm. like. You know, like in the 90s with Radiohead, I think, kind of did that. And, you know, uh, just... Though they didn't have a sophomore jinx because their no. second album was much better than yeah. their first album. But um, but anyway, it's just sort of like I can I can kind of see that. And then I go back and I read the lyrics. I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. It's not about dirt bikes. It's about, you know... Well, then we've got... So we're looking at... Well, and then like you said, the they, they, tell, they tell stories, so... Yeah, yeah. So maybe he was just screwing with people. But then he got on Good Morning America in 1994, which we'll talk about this. This must be the same as the performance, yeah, that, the, the video we watched. we watched. Flansburg said this song is about, quote, a kid sitting in a town and there's this religious cult passing through the country. And he's just thinking about what it would be like getting swept up in the cult, which is along more lines of how I always took the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but me taking the cult thing, but also literally like it's a dirt bike cult and these dirt bikes are... Possessing people, I do like the the sort of religious cult aspect to it, though, mm-hmm. and I think that still kind of stands even with with my interpretation is the just literal dirt bikes. It's like it's yeah. like these things are awesome. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you've never ridden one, yeah, the dirt bikes like. Come on, you know you want to no. hop on, kid. But my mom says you know you want to exactly. <laughs> You know you want to jump that creek. Oh, okay. This <laughs> so I, I want you to read this first. Uh, so the user uh, submissions for interpretations on the wiki, which has been going for a long time. <laughs> uh, this one's from 2004. Okay, so it's still 10 years after the song came out, but the yeah. the wiki's only been around for, I think they just had an anniversary, actually. like the, It's been around for a long time. So go ahead and read this. So- <laughs> Considering the content of the song, I think it's important to point out dirt bike rhymes with Third Reich <laughs> By from some user Sheep, sheep. <laughs> um, on September 17th, 2004. And Mil- then, military time, 2237. <laughs> and, then, and then someone else says, holy crap, this works so well. It explains the sophomore jinx line, which I don't know. Uh, how? I don't know how the Knots Third Reich... Uh, they only had. They had their I think one they're shot. confusing. I think they're confusing uh, World War One. I. I think they think that Nazis were in World War One and <laughs> World think? War Two, and so like they <laughs> lost and like oh they lost in World War Two. They lost the second one. <laughs> they defined their, in their World sophomore War I. year was bad, but no. You know how the Nazis won World War One? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then they they tried again and they lost. I don't think World this War person II. understands what sophomore jinx means at all. Uh, and I like looking at the dates too, because some of these songs don't have that many. Some songs have a ton of oh interpretations. Goodness, there's a lot of stuff. I can I, I think the dirt bike Third Reich thing. I, I'm gonna say that that is purely coincidental. <laughs> yeah. What? Although, uh, I mean, not to get into yeah, but brainwashing. Yeah. But the it, Nazis it, it does it does sort of seem I, you can there there is sort of this this cult behind that sort of mentality and that thinking yeah. and then it's yeah. But anyway. I mean, with AMF Giants, it's nothing's totally out of the question. I think I think that 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 interpretation can be applied uh, 
now like looking backwards at the song, but I don't think that's what they originally intended. You know what I mean? I think it's sort of like taking a subject and saying, Hey, it fits this as opposed to saying we wrote this because it fits that subject. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it's it's like when, when you know Cobain or any other artist dies young or commits suicide, and then everyone starts reading stuff into the lyrics. Yeah. And it's a, a lot easier to go backwards like that. I do, um, I do think that the, and then this this one goes on about the sophomore jinx again. Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 not read all of these, but let's just see, let's just scan real quick. This is the one I think that basically like some of the times the interpretations will be like not confirmed but widely agreed mm-hmm. upon and bumped to the main page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, about the song. Well, here's one where they they think that that the song's about they might be giants themselves. Yeah, how? They, that they had a sophomore jinx. Lincoln, I would say Lincoln was probably more popular than their first one, and then it led up to Flood. I don't know. I wouldn't say they had a sophomore jinx because they didn't blow up. Oh, see, the coveted possession. See, that's that's my literal interpretation mm-hmm. there. Yeah. I like how it says, though, in general, it's called Dirt Bike because, as a child, a dirt bike is one of your most coveted possessions. <laughs> Maybe yours, dude. I, I, it sounds like you wanted a dirt bike. I, mean, I, I wanted a go-kart more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, just, I just wanted anything that I could drive. You right. know what I mean? If yeah, it had a motor in it and wheels, then I was like, that I didn't have to power myself. I was like, woo. When I was know? younger, I wanted to power wheels, and I never got one. Yeah, no, me neither. Pow, pow, power wheels. Power wheels, power wheels. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it went. And you just get it in the grass and it goes, it's like no traction. <laughs> Plastic wheels, yeah. Billy, you weigh too much for that. Okay, here's a good one. Flansburg is confused. I think Mr. Flansburg is even confused at the meaning of his own lyrics. No offense to him, though. <laughs> Why is that even on there? I don't get Yeah, I. Your thought process is wrong. <laughs> What? But they provide no explanation of why they think he's confused. I don't. Get... Yeah. How, how do you get confused by your own song? I I just started writing the song and it just got away from me. <laughs> but then we recorded it anyway. The ch- <laughs> so weird. Uh, Doctor McNinja. <laughs> I said we weren't going to read any of these, but Doctor McNinja issue of Docket's Red. I don't know what that means. We'll I like cut I, that out. Can we talk about the child child buyer one? Do it. All right. So has anyone ever read the book called The Child Buyer? Never heard of it. Uh, apparently, it's about an odd old, an odd man. I thought I said old. An odd man on a moped thingy who's thingy. going all over the U.S. and somehow convincing parents to give up their prodigy children for money, fame, etc. For the better part of the government. Actually, this album contains numerous songs that remind me of books I have read. Well, okay. They Might Be Giants are a very well-read band, and... I wouldn't be surprised if books I, inspired I, some of their songs, I, but correlation isn't causation. Like that's <laughs> like just because it reminds you of that. I mean, I guess, but it um, must be about this thing I thought of. I think that I think that they're latching onto the moped thingy with the dirt bike there, but child, yeah. the child, a book called The Child Buyer. I'm gonna have to look into <laughs> the Child Buyer. Yeah, is this a real? Is this fiction or nonfiction? I want to know. Proceeding if this is true. unsigned comment. Let's see. We've Can talked. We've talked arrangement. We've talked lyrics. We're going on 45 minutes here. So let's. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of editing on this one. <laughs> surprisingly, not. Usually, when. <laughs> usually, anytime someone says, edit this out, that means I'm not going to oh, edit great. it out. So you probably should say, don't edit that out. It's reverse psychology. Keep it all. Keep that all. So let's talk about the uh, their performance on, uh, the, uh, on Good Morning America, where. Flansburg also said the thing about the cult. Mm-hmm. And so this is their first album 
as a they were a four piece when they first expanded to uh, live drums and bass. Uh, so on Good Morning America, Linnell is playing the Barry Sax, uh-huh. and then they have two dudes who I'm not sure if they're frequent contributors or from the era or just dudes they brought in for that live performance. So there's a guy playing a trombone, which I don't think is in the original at all. But then there's a guy playing trumpet, which is in the original. It sounds very tenor and trumpet to me, I think, is yeah. the way I... Uh, that, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Listening to the arrangement. I mean, the trombone works well, well to cover the tenor part, yeah, for sure. Same octave. John basically. Flansburg and the rest of They Might Be Giants performing Dirt Bike. <laughs> about that uh the performance there i i just love seeing videos of the johns uh so young so young. yeah i think i think that it's a very interesting pick for good morning america right i feel like yeah. that in itself the viewers that watch because i mean like like you said the, we've looked you looked it up there's there's been hardly any covers except they did their own cover of it where they at like I wouldn't. Call, I don't think you can call it a cover when it's okay, their well, song. Their own reimaginationing of it. Sure, is that reimaginationing. Re- that's, <laughs> that's not a word. Reimagining. Reimagining. A rearranging. Yeah, re- yeah, a new arrangement basically of it. But like, there's no official video for it. It's. It wasn't. Was it a B side? Do you know at all on anything? It wouldn't be on the album if it was a B side, though, right? I mean, they wouldn't. Yeah, I know different bands work that different ways. I don't think it was ever released separately. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it's mean. like they they have all of and 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 at this point they're fairly well known, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, this was their fifth album. They yeah. were no longer on a major label. They put out Flood and Apollo Eighteen were on Elektra. Mm-hmm. They were no longer on a major label, but they had been. You know, people so, knew about. So to them. go on Good Morning America of all, like I don't even know what day <laughs> of the week it was that this was supposed to be, but to go on Good Morning America and then pick this completely obscure song yeah. i think is is sort of like telling of like their attitude of good morning of having to play on good morning of america a little bit you know what they i mean they like fucking with people yeah and i think just knowing how like you know some 60 year old woman to hear to hear whoever it was she goes with their new album blah 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 she's like here they are performing dirt bike you know, like it's just kind of like <laughs> the weather in five minutes, you know what I mean? Kind of like, like it's just so weird. It's, I think the only person that doesn't sound awkward in, uh, uh, on a major show introducing the Giants is Conan. Yeah. 
uh, he has the he has a very similar sensibility. Yeah, the, to them the that humor. kind of absurd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dirt <laughs> bike the, is an absurd song. Yeah, the Good Morning America appearance is is in, yeah. It just oh, good stuff. It works. Uh, so the I was a little disappointed about how the how rating it's ranked. The, yeah, yeah. And you know, did you make an account on? The, I haven't the made one. I'll have to make one. And you should because stuff. Uh, the more obscure songs, not this and the obscure I mean, only 86 song. people have given it a rating. Yeah, so. so if you give it a 10, it will move. Because yeah. I've seen this happen quite a few times. And even since I recorded, I recorded a couple episodes before uh, we had the baby, and I said something about um, the end of the tour is the is the uh, first episode. And um, when I recorded that, I talked about some of like, the top 10 and, and they're totally they had, different now. Not totally different. They've, like they've, they've they've rearranged. Yeah. Some have been bumped out of the ten. Um, yeah, I've had some songs that I'm like, I've got a fang is listed like 500 out of 896. That's so wrong. Yeah, give it a ten. Well, and it's kind of like I haven't heard. I don't think I've ever heard a They Might Be Giants song that I was like, hmm, I'm okay not hearing that song again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, even the songs that some people might not like. They're probably interesting in some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they don't go for meh. You know, they're not a meh kind of band. Like if you don't like them, it's probably because they're too weird. I mean, I'm, I'm exactly. not saying that no one should. I'm, I'm not saying everyone should be. They might be. Giants You're a horrible fan. person if you don't like. They might be giants. <laughs> yeah, but like if you don't like them, it's probably because they're too weird. It's not because like oh, they're bland. It's kind of a litmus test to steal a, a phrase from my wife of like how how cool or how relatable I am to somebody. It's like, they might be giants and they're like, I'm like, okay, clearly we cannot be friends. (laughs) It's it's a test to see exactly how. I mean, I mean, 50 million, they might be giants songs. Can't be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's getting in for a collection. Okay, so it was on a collection called Album Raises New and Troubling Questions, which is like great, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, here, so the EP is called TMBG's Other Thing, Bra- Other Thing Brass Band. Uh, and that had, they have so many releases. There are three different versions of it. There's a, there, there. the digital EP, yeah. there's a seven inch that have four songs, there's a, a CD EP that has six songs. So Dirt Bike ended up on this. And what year was this? 2011? Was this yes. a record store day release? It seems Did record store day was that a yeah it was around in twenty it seems kind of like a record store day thing to me yeah it does especially with the seven uh, inch yeah you know I mean that lo- the like antique looking uh, I have a feeling that would have been in the trivia if uh, it was yeah um it was their first seven inch final release since nineteen ninety three <laughs> wow yeah I like the the old school label for the for the record but so we were. We were looking right before we started recording. We were trying to find out. They call it the Other Thing Brass Band. We're like, is this some you know band that does their own thing? And apparently not. It is um, just guys that have played with them before. It is um, Mark Pender, who I found out since recording the Dr. Worm episode. He is the guy that plays the crazy trumpet on Dr. Worm mm-hmm. as well. He is part of this. Uh, he Most people know him from Conan's bands. Uh, Mark Pender, I think, has been with Conan since the very beginning, and then um, Dan Levine or Levine Levine uh, plays Levine. Levine yeah, one, Levine. one of those. Know, Levine. One of those. He plays trombone, and he's played on quite a few. Uh, they might be Giants things as well. Uh, and there's a two player. Where? Uh, Marcus Rojas. 
on tuba. There you go. Yeah, okay, the four-piece ensemble. Four in 2003. Okay, so they did some, some backing so up. So it was like they went with a, they got them together for a tour and did some recording. Yeah, yeah. Kind of bummed that the Barry Sax has been replaced by tuba. Yeah, you know, in, interesting trivia though. If if you if a Barry Sax player, I can take uh, tuba music is written in the bass clef, and mm-hmm. I, I believe tubas are concert pitch. Yeah, uh, and so uh, if I look at tuba music, if I just play it like it's written in treble clef, and it works for my instrument, I don't have to do any transposing. So. <laughs> So literally, I just read it as if it's written in treble clef. So if it's on the bottom line, which would be a G for bass clef, you just read it as an E because that's the e, bottom line it on treble clef. It's the <laughs> same note. There are some. There's a little bit of fudging you have to do with that's like amazing. sharps and and flats if there's anything like that. But for the most part, that's it's great. like you just I just read it as is. Like a lot of times in, in jazz band, if there isn't a a uh, bass trombone part, they'll just give them the berry part. Which kind of makes me mad because then it's like huh. bass trombonists and berry players. I feel like they're in competition. In competition, <laughs> especially the- since they can go way lower than we can, and we're like, no, <laughs> I get the low notes. They're in competition for uh, the parts that nobody cares about in the exactly. Audience. <laughs> it's like the Except loudest. I'm the loudest. Probably the loudest player in the band. I'm always my my high school band teacher was like, you need to play quieter. <laughs> and you're like, loud. And okay, like, and then you well, it takes a lot so of air. It's should hard have never to play. given me this thing in the first place. <laughs> is it possible to play pianissimo on a berry sax? I'd imagine it's difficult. It is not <laughs> not possible, but difficult. You know, like the higher range stuff, of course. But yeah, when you get down in that last octave, you're like, you're like, I, it's it's all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> For me, at least. That's, Do you want me to play the note? 
Well, I'm going to play it loudly, okay? <laughs> if you want the note, it's going to be loud. So then uh, this EP was uh, then collected on a, a album Raises New and Troubling Questions, which is a great <laughs> name. And it's a bunch of uh, other tracks from the Join Us sessions, which it's crazy. Like, Join Us had a crap load of tracks on it as it is, and then they have like a whole other album worth of B-sides. And then Dirt Pike lands at uh, track number 19 on this Um yeah, I, I I like this version a lot. And the solo, though we do think that it's a sax in it's the a, solo like section. Sounds like a tenor sax to me. Yeah, because it was originally you know, a I've, wah pedal guitar. And in I this wonder one, if it's the berry just up in it. No, I feel like a berry in its high octave has a very distinctive sound. So then why doesn't the saxophone play in the intro? I mean, we're pretty certain that there's no sax in the intro, right? Or should we listen to it again? It, it might be there. It might just be buried. You know what I mean? It's buried. Buried. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, the tone might be buried, buried tone. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. The podcasts always take a, a, a shift in, in, in tone when I'm actually sitting right next to the person that I'm talking to <laughs> rather than just via Skype with yeah. like a shitty connection. I can go... Uh, 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 we're rewatching 30 Rock and like just like it being 10, 12, whatever years ago, like it's f- the cell phones they use. And oh, like yeah. she's talking to uh, Jason Sudeikis' character in Cleveland over Skype and just keeps freezing. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, those were the days. Okay, so yeah. covers of this song are pretty much non existent. Now, I was looking up let's so see. far. The, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I was even searching like. Like, I'd originally just been searching YouTube, and I'm like, well, let's look at Bandcam, and it turned up a lot of the My Giants covers not of Dirt Bike. Um, well, if you Google, if you, yeah, like, I, I was doing multiple Googling, because I wanted to see the arrangement, if anyone had actually transcribed the arrangement of the saxophones, and, mm-hmm. and um, no such luck. searching Dirt Bike parts does not generate, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Did you find YouTube videos of some guy making his sax sound like a dirt bike? Or no, it was, like, it was mostly just... Like pieces of dirt bikes. <laughs> like, so, like so here's some new uh, foot thingies. I don't have no. I have no dirt bike knowledge whatsoever. But so there was a They Might Be Giants cover album called "We Might Be Giants Too." When did this come out? We might be giants, and it has dirt bike listed, but then I could not Get find it. Audio of it, really? Yeah, I know. Which, like in this day and age, this must be a really old cover sound. Who? It's got. Who, uh, well, the here's the problem. John, John Smith, Smith. <laughs> without an H, though. So you got that, John Smith. Let me do another quick. If you click Google on that, we'll it'll just take you to the dirt bike. It page. takes you to the dirt oh, bike okay. page, unfortunately. Um, well, let's see if we click on that. What do we get? Oh, okay. Here's some information about it. 1998. Okay, so it's a 20 year old compilation. Pre YouTube, which doesn't help. You can get it for free. Uh, wh- okay. Well, let's just get it right now then. Please bear with us. Uh, it's, it's it's been zipped. Uh, well, if there's only one cover, we need to talk about it. We need we to have see. To hear it. We need we'll to see right John back. Smith's interpretation of John Smith. Who the? Uh, I mean, some of these. John's. I mean. I don't even do I recognize Booty and the Hot Fish? Ho, who Booty fish? and the Ho Fish. Ho fish? Instead of Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. Oh, they're so clever. So it's a Hootie and the Blowfish cover band doing a cover of a They Might Be Giants? No, I don't know what that Stompox is. Stompox and Dig My Grape? That's pretty cool. They did a medley of two of the more punk uh 
They might be giant songs. I don't really recognize any of these names, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, just look at the art. You can tell this was not a... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 some bootleg type. Or some small label stuff. Oh, yeah. independent release. Who put this together? I like then? some of these names, though. Um, I'm, I'm really high, high fructose corn syrup. A great <laughs> name for a band. So... Oh, oh, it's down. This it's is done. the site I used to look at in college. Oh, an old alt? Yeah, before the wiki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alt.music.tmbg. So, okay, so people that were uh, lurkers like me in the, on that site put right. together this out. Man, that's it's amazing that something would be, would be that organized <laughs> by uh, just like a it's just, yeah, people so, hanging out talking about them. So giant. it's like some guy on... Oh, there's a band called Slurp. I'm like, why did you say Slurp? Some guy on a, on a Usenet news group named John Smith. Yeah, that probably wasn't his name. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Oh. oh, I should tell the band Yesterday's <laughs> Chips that there's a band in here called The Chips Are Ready. The Chips Are Ready. <laughs> they do Destination Moon. French Silk, hence the name. Okay, let's, let's unzip this baby. Zip. <laughs> Tom, Tom Bootwell and the Greater Delaware. That's what it says. Hot waffles? <laughs> Supposed to. No one likes cold waffles. Room temperature waffles. There it is, right there, number 10. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. All right, let's see what John Smith does with a dirt bike. Come on, John Smith. Don't let me down, baby. A lot of background noise. Yeah, that's some. Just he just he skipped, skipped the, intro. the intro. Yeah. It sounds like a sequencer. Yeah, that's not real drums. Yeah, it's like Adam and his package type stuff. That's a synth. Right? That's got to be a synth. Even those Maybe dynamics not. there? I think I that's real. Know. It's just poorly recorded. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like fake trumpet because it's poorly recorded. You can tell this was recorded probably by one of those microphones where it's <laughs> the, just like, like really this skinny plastic thing. Yeah, yeah, early, early computer microphones. There's Whoa, some scatting. Scat. <laughs> That's a real trumpet, yeah. Not bad, not bad. Some, uh, Sounds some like banjo? <laughs> like synth banjo back there? Oh, a couple of real drum Ooh. sounds for a second. Got a little jazzy there at the end. Doom, <laughs> <laughs> That was interesting, man. That was definitely 1998 home recording right there. Wow. <laughs> well, John Smith did pretty good. I, yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's fine. Yeah. He, he cut right to the chase, though. He just... Yeah. Well... I mean, just a guy with a like a synth and... And that can play the trumpet. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming he did... And scat, man. Can he scat? Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> so that's the only uh, cover that I can have find. To, you're going to have to listen to the rest of that album for the some of the other ones. Oh, definitely. I'll be playing these on I there. Palindrome Eyes on there. Oh, Mr. Claw. They're getting deep. That's yeah. an early B-side. <laughs> wow. Oh, 
spacesuit, which is one of the instrumentals off of the end of the fingertips. They're really, uh, the, I mean, you can tell these are, these are, they might be giant's heads. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. These, they're, are like, these are deep tracks only, please. <laughs> well, you talk like that, but that's like, that's me. Like, I, I would have, I know, I'm like, I'm mocking you to your face. No, I mean, I was on this, this, uh, alt.music.tmbg <laughs> back when, uh, hey, I mean, it was more like the early 2000s. So I probably just missed being able to be on this. Yeah, no, I didn't find that site till college. And this was, you know, this, man, I would have been junior in high school when this came out. That's, Oh, did old. you see the label? What? The, the the now defunct independent label, Super Super Pickle Super <laughs> Super Pickle Music Arts. Super Pickle Music Arts. What label are you with? Uh, Super Pickle. Are Super, you with Super Pickle? Super Pickle. <laughs> Super Pickle. Compiled by Jeremy. What's Jeremy Moskowitz? Mm, Moskowitz. Good job, dude. Jeremy, That's if you're right. out there. We'd love, I bet he'd love to do a podcast with Jeremy. Yeah. Let's oh, find, yeah. let's track Jeremy down. I'd love to find out like some more details about how this came together because it just blows there's, my mind. There's it's, an email address there it, on the CD. <laughs> you think Jeremy, Jeremy at, that? is it Hotmail? Jeremy M at, no, it's it's one of those things that doesn't exist anymore. Um, well, this one's a tmbg.org one. Oh, Maybe Matthew knows. Probably the guy that was running that, that site at the time. Dude. If you got these guys, Dang. that would be hella cool. I should fire off an email to, even though it says Matthew, the, the email Bob is Bob A. A. <laughs> <laughs> is your name Matthew or Bob? Which one? Yo, 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 yo. Yo. Mine's not. Oh, we don't have your, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mine's not no. yoing. Mine's not yoing. Now is it yoing? Yo. <laughs> this is staying in the episode. Two months later. <laughs> wasn't that? That was, it was like before the John Henry it demos came out. Like 15th or something like that. I had a so, mix done by December 15th of yeah, this episode. So it's been a month and uh, it's, or two. Yes, and it's February 18th. So it's been over a month. This will be coming two out. Months. This will be coming out the Wednesday after our show. I set it up like that just so we could take Finally. a live recording. So we can do a live recording. So play well, Andy. You're supposed to yell okay. No. <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. Yes, because we're debuting our performance of Dirt Bike at our March 1st record release show, which will already have been released, so you could all go buy it now. Outdoorfloor.bandcamp.com. doesn't have Dirt Bike on it, but it has Dr. Worm, so that's something. Can you put it up there as like a single? A bonus or something? Sure. Live if it's, if bonus it's good, track. Yeah. I mean, it's got a whole I bonus like CD. It's not going to make it on the CD, but I don't like live albums. I re- what about MC Five uh, Kick Out the Jams? It's their first album. Yeah, is live. I guess, yeah, I guess it has to be a really good mix from the board. Right. You know, it's. I'm very particular about it, and plus, it's like I want the studio version. I don't. Yeah. Know. Have Have you heard? Uh, I don't know. You're probably not a Squirkin fan, are you? Do you know Squirkin? Have no. you heard anything by Squirkin? I probably have heard stuff by him, but I don't. Mass claims that his favorite record, and he's produced all of them, obviously, that his favorite record is their live record, and it is a really good sounding record. I think it's at the Metro in Chicago, but it sounds real good because he like. I think it was. I think it was when the band was like that. He knew there was going to be a hiatus or something, so he wanted to like capture this last. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they've reformed since then, but if I'm remembering correctly, so it was like, it's kind of like a greatest hits record of, you know, a sort of like, these are our best songs and we're in peak form and we might not play again for a while. So he like went all out and it sounds really good. No effects, I heard they suck live. It's a really good live <laughs> album. Because <laughs> they, the banter, like the banter makes Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It's all about the banter. And then like, there's mistakes in there and it's obvious. And then like El Jefe would be like, oh man, I fucked that one up. He's like, yeah, what, what the hell? He's like, Oh, well, I, I jacked off before the fucking show. Every time I jack off before the show, I fuck everything up. <laughs> There's a few so it works, Dead like, Kennedys perfectly. live tracks on yeah. some of their albums. Uh, Give Me Convenience yeah. uh, has a couple that are really good. I, and He's like, it, Lars's guitar broke. Yeah. And then the whole uh, showered me with water. Shelby offers voice. Because that was... Because that was show banter, right? When he tells, yeah. that's why he tells the story. Well, then he tells that story because he's, he's waiting for him to restring string, the, yeah, guitar, yeah. the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> and they showered me with water. You should all go listen to Did Kenny's. I'm not going to drop in a clip here. You all should. You should know better. I don't know. Is there much overlap between they might be? No, uh, I don't Kennedy's think so. Fans? They're kind of hard to get into. I think. You know, I'm starting to find out though now that. Uh, oh, I got a new get. I'll go ahead and announce because they'll probably be scheduled just this morning. Do you guys know who Franz Nikolai is? The silence speaks for itself. Oh, well, <laughs> these guys aren't cool enough to know the keyboardist and accordionist in the Hold Steady is going to be on oh, an I episode know, okay. of this podcast. I know who the podcast. Hold Steady is. But. He's also, he's fucking awesome. Like the best Hold Steady records were the second one where he started with them and then uh, up until he left the band. I think he rejoined though or maybe just live. But he's also in this band World Inferno Friendship Society, which is pretty has some punk cred, but he's super awesome. He's got the waxed mustache, plays, he has all kinds of accordions, so I'm excited to have him on just this morning on Twitter. He's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. So I, I hit up the accordionist of the Decemberists, too, so fingers crossed on that one. I'm just going to like think just of- Just go like, through the- your, Go through the accordion, <laughs> the accordion section. And- yeah. All right, so let's talk about the, uh, the, the shit we missed the first time around. John Henry Hypercard Stack Emulator. Yeah. That's it. That you know, if, if anything's going to sound know what cool. Hypercard is? Is it like some sort of like early cakewalk program? I I bet that Andy knows what Hypercard means. What's a Hypercard stack emulator circa 1994? Andrew Howard. I actually don't know. Oh my god, we stumped the computer guy. So there's these MIDI Okay, so so It's a MIDI controller um, type thing. Oh wait, this actually Wait a second. Uh, they were giants originally produced as promotional. Oh item no! In the early 1990s, using HyperCard, and here someone reproduced it as a flash movie for the 20th anniversary. So in uh, 2014, someone put out uh, they recreated it. So this this version this of this is Dirt from Bike, 2014. <laughs> I thought it was from like. Well, they were remaking it. Yeah, but I didn't realize that this flash thing. It it seemed so early internet to me that I just assumed there, it was yeah, from like yeah. the 90s. It's faithfully reproduced from 1994. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the, the original this, the original this is thing is like. from 94. Okay. Yeah, I'm I assuming that this is very similar to what it looked like cuz this looks like 1994. Yeah, it's Apple, the old Apple the Macintosh. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's got all of these MIDI things that sound like the songs. Like I'll let me play one that actually sounds more like it for all of you just so you know. Let's see Meet James and sir. So that you can tell us the song. Yeah. Now here's the dirt bike one. It sounds like the Stranger Things theme. 
Yeah, it's it's Zelda dirt bike to me. It's it's like NES eight bit type stuff. You can hear it in there, but there's a it's lot like of the high notes. Yeah, the arpeggiation is very. Yeah, it's so fast. If you really pay attention to the high notes, then it starts poking out. I think that time I realized it. More. I I tried to listen to this on my computer, and I don't know what I was using. I was using Chrome, which is what you're using. Uh-huh. But it played it at like three times that speed. It went like super fast. It was like... And I was like, what is this? I don't oh, know. Your flash. So, yeah, my... Your flash wasn't up My to flash date. player was out of date. <laughs> yeah. My flash was broke. What? Are you done? Uh, almost. The mics are rolling and cars down in the basement. We're about to have band practice. Let's talk about Everybody's the dirt bike. Everybody's here. Let's talk, the whole gang's here. Let's talk about the uh, the dirt bike. Demo real quick. Demo. Uh, mainly the intro. Well, also, it's it's missing the entire guitar solo. Um, so it's like a minute and a half. The trumpet is slightly different melody too, and it's straight more, it's played more kind of like flat. Yeah, it's more straight. So there, the chord's not as thick there. Like I feel like it's missing a lot of the low end. Yeah, well they went low earlier with the berry because uh. they saved the low note for that yeah. in the original or in the album version See, this is why i got you here <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't really care for it too much compared to the well there's reason it's a demo yeah so other than that so after that it's only got a minute and 20 seconds once the horn thing is done yeah do they come in see that sounds lower than really is it in a different key? I don't think so. Can you guys hear this too? No. Oh, it gets a little funky here. I'm pretty sure it's the bass player and the drummer that ended up on the album. The tenor's playing lower. This is the demo. This is the demo. I know. No. Yeah, this is the one I listened to 20 times in my car. Oh, yeah, because that's the CD you had in your car. <laughs> I gave her the She's whole stack. She's been learning the wrong part. <laughs> like when the new They My Vagina stuff came out, we had it on CD because it <clears> was <throat> only on CDs, and she had them in her car. Um, yeah, but the bass part, I mean, it was already pretty, pretty close to what... I you can know, hear those, it more on this. Yeah, mix. those early chords are wildly different, though. Yeah, um, it's well, more dissonant than. I'll play that for Andy after we, because uh, he wasn't hearing that part. Yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, they skipped a guitar solo. It's way it shorter. Stinks. Any anything else? Yeah. <laughs> Good thing they fixed that song because it sucked and now it rules. It doesn't. It's not <laughs> as catchy. It just doesn't. It's not as uh, uh-huh. much of an earworm with those. And Flansburg doesn't quite sell it on the vocals like he he does in the the album track, but yeah. But in overall, the John Henry demos are pretty awesome because the guitar is higher in the mix and it's almost like 
punkier. Like he really goes nuts More on it. Face. And it, yeah, it, they kind of like dull it a little bit in the mix on the, the full album. But anything else to say or we'll, we'll hit stop here? I think we're good. All right. Back to the future. Back to the past. Past. That. <laughs> Anything else we haven't talked about with Dirt Bike that you wanted to, to get into? I feel I don't like think so. I think we, we pretty well covered, covered it, it pretty well. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we are debating with Outdoor Valor uh, doing a cover of this ourselves. So um, I think we could. I think we if, can do it. If that happens before this episode airs, which this is the seventh episode, uh, I don't know if they'll be in the exact order, but if we can get a cover together and do a live recording of it before this airs, I will drop it in this episode. Okay, well, thanks for being on, man. This is fun. No problem. I like having people actually I'll, in the studio. If you, if you start running out of people, I'll, I'll be glad to come back for some other stuff. So, dude, there's there's like eight hundred songs. <laughs> you can definitely pick another one. I think you, what was the other one you mentioned? She's an angel. Yeah, that one was, was that already one. claimed. That's the only reason I and, didn't but then, put, so uh, I could put you down for another. We could do older, maybe or something like that. Older would be good. Or we can. Uh, I'll I'll go back because you're not as much that, a completist yeah. as I am. I can point you towards some of my. F- some of my favorite sax ones, and you can see what you think. Okay. Um, maybe you'll find your new favorite They My Pajayan yeah. song. Um, yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening to This Might Be a Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Uh, you can email us, uh, Gmail, uh, This Might Be a Pod at gmail.com. And, uh, you can go ahead and call us and leave a voicemail, and we will play it on the episode, unless you're very, very mean, and we can't, we, we can't handle criticism like Dr. Worm can. Uh, so you could call us and leave a voicemail at, are you? <laughs> <laughs> eh. oh, I, I like that. <laughs> it, that sounded. <laughs> I'm calling it right. Hello? This podcast is horrible. They, they sound fat. They sound really fat. I like that you brought it back around just like a true comedian. 224-801-2930. Quit dialing the phone. <laughs> Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah. 
Bye bye. <laughs> so crushing dirt bike. Self propelled dirt bike. He's